Welcome to episode number 17 of The Kevin Rook Show. Today's conversation is with Kian Kusha, the founder of Stacker News. And for those who don't know, Stacker News is kind of like the front page of Bitcoin on the internet. It's very similar to Reddit or Hacker News. Um, it's Bitcoin specific though, and it has a few key differences. One of those differences is that users actually tip each other Bitcoin in order to upvote content. So if you're posting great content to Stacker News, you are earning Bitcoin for it. In our conversation, we covered some of the problems with social media today, some of the challenges that Stacker News is trying to overcome, and how the Lightning Network helped Stacker News get there. We also cover Stacker News' growth. They launched about six months ago and have been on a tear since then. Uh, and we cover some of the other aspects of uh, what Stacker News is building. Specifically, we talk about Web of Trust. Um, we talk about building a reputation that you own. We talk about decentralizing Stacker News and all sorts of lightning related topics. Since this is episode number 17, I'm also going to be giving away 1700 sats to a commenter, someone who sends in a comment over the lightning network, because of course this is a lightning podcast. Um, make sure you include your lightning address, by the way, if you send in a comment, uh, we'll get into that at the end of the show though. And just a quick shout out before we get into the episode, this episode is sponsored by Voltage. Voltage is the premier provider of Bitcoin and Lightning node infrastructure. Hope you enjoy the episode. Kian, thanks for coming on the show today. How's it going? Uh, it's going well. Rainy day in Austin today, but uh, it's nice. Yeah, you're uh, so you're building out of uh, you're you're in Austin in a place called Pleb Lab, right? Yeah, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about what what you guys are building there because it's a really interesting concept. Yeah, I don't, I mean, we're, we're debating what to call ourselves, but uh, Kyle and Carr, who are the other people who are started Pleb Lab with me, they're, they're calling it an accelerator, um, specifically for Bitcoin. So we have like 10 Bitcoiners in an office. Um, some of them are building startups. Some of them work for startups and Bitcoin, like Voltage and Impervious AI. Uh, most of them are, are creating their own startups, though. So we have like John from Zap, right? We have uh, Tristan and Super from Lightning Escrow um, uh, and a few other companies too. Uh, but we're, we're just a bunch of Bitcoiners together working in an office. It's about 200 square feet. It's like a bunch of sardines in a can really. And we're just kind of in there riffing off each other, building off each other's momentum. Um, the whole idea was I just wanted to spend more time with Bitcoiners and I realized other people did too. And, and as a solo founder, it's really nice to be around other uh other people creating stuff because we can yeah. we because then i'm not really solo founding anymore i have i have like emotional support i have uh you know technical support potentially in areas that i'm not very sophisticated um it, it's just a great concept uh i don't think we realized it would be as useful to all of us as it is but it's it's awesome nice and so let's let's rewind a little bit before joining Pleb Lab and before even starting Stacker News, what was what was the impetus behind deciding you know, you wanted to build Stacker News, you needed to build this and you need to build it on Lightning? What was that kind of thought process? Yeah, so I've been building applications for a number of years. Uh, I, like on my own, like founding uh, various projects and things. And uh, like before, Stacker News, I was working on uh, like Pinterest for doctors um, with, a, with a doctor friend of mine. So I was building that, I built a few other things, like I was trying to build a, like a decentralized GitHub. Um, 
got interviewed for YC was was rejected uh, because I had been working on this this uh, image thing for this Pinterest for doctors thing. They didn't like that I was distracted, but uh, I, I have a history of kind of building these projects on my own. Um, and then I moved to Austin in January of last year. I went to my first bit devs. Um, at that time, it was about 20 people. Uh, and uh, I really enjoyed it. It felt like I was like, like in an, like in an episode of, of Halt and Catch Fire, if you've ever seen that show on AMC, but it's like a show from like the, it's it like, it's a fictional depiction of the early internet. So internet has just launched, PCs are just beginning to happen. And it's like a group of misfits that are, that are building things on like building PCs, building early internet stuff. And I felt like I was like, at that bit does mean if I felt like I was in an episode of that show, I just felt like super energized. There's something very serious happening here in terms of like the impact of what's going to happen. Um, it, it, it made me want to just work in Bitcoin exclusively. And I felt like after I'd been around all these people who I realized were like flesh and blood humans that, uh, you know, maybe working in Bitcoin on Bitcoin was something I, I could be doing possibly before I thought maybe, it'd be like unapproachable as a concept, but being there really changed that for me. And then um, it was after the next bit devs, I decided I was, I was going to focus on working on Bitcoin. Like I, I didn't want to do anything else with my time. And so um, I, was, I, was, I was certain I wanted to work in Bitcoin. And then uh, even prior to moving to Austin, I wanted a community like what I found in Austin. I was looking to, to be able to communicate with other people about Bitcoin outside of Twitter, where it's like dominated by memes and and kind of a, a lot of like infighting and uh, just like the overall, there's very noisy on Twitter and not, not really a strong community in my opinion. Uh, and then you have things like Bitcoin Talk, which are like this very vintage kind of Bitcoin software that's, that, that is filled with like lots of spam and is heavily moderated. And so that's not, that wasn't much of a community for me either. But one of the communities I really enjoyed being on was Hacker News. Um, so I've, I've been a huge fan of Hacker News for a long time. The signal's very high, the community's very strong, but they're very crypto-phobic. So uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't find any Bitcoin or even just like general blockchain stuff on, on Hacker News, even though it's clearly like this massive industry that's doing very well and is obviously tech-related. Um, so I was frustrated. I think even before moving to Austin, I had, I had posted on Hacker News itself. I asked them, like, can I, where, where can I find something like Hacker News for, like, crypto Bitcoin stuff? And got a few responses, none of which were very helpful. So I knew, I knew what I wanted didn't exist. And then, um, and then I, kept, I kept going to BitDevs, and, 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 it, and I, I was talking to Ben Carmen, who works at the Bitcoin company now and previously worked at Sherdbits. He runs the Austin BitDevs meetup. And I, I told him that I wanted to get, I wanted to be up to date with stuff that's happening in Bitcoin, know about everything that's on Bitcoin. Um, and I was just frustrated about uh, the la my lack of ability to find such a thing online. And he said, well, you have to sit on Reddit and Twitter all day. And that's how you're gonna you're gonna be able to do this. And I'm like, I, I just really I don't really want to do that. And I was looking for this a project in Bitcoin or Lightning, like I said before, uh, because I wanted to work in it. And so I was like, all right, I'll build I'll build Hacker News for Bitcoin. That that's what I'll do. And Sphinx Chat had had recently come come on my radar, and I knew that was a thing. And I was 
I was very intrigued by this, this idea of civil resistance. And I knew Hacker News and all of these social media problems have a huge issue with spam. Um, so I'm like, I, I'm going to build, I'm going to build a hacker news that integrates lightning, does everything with lightning that it could possibly do, takes advantage of every aspect of lightning. And one of these aspects was civil resistance. I think the, the kind of first feature that stacker news had every post, every comment costs a small, you know, costs one sat a very, a very small amount of Bitcoin. And also that also that also guarantees that the user is familiar with Bitcoin and is comfortable using it. So that kind of, creates like a little bit of resistance, a little gate, makes, you know, make sure the community is actually engaged with Bitcoin. Um, yeah, I don't wanna to get too far in the product because we're probably gonna discuss that more, but that, that's kind of, that was kind of the beginning of Stacker News. And then it kind of got better reception than I was even planning at first. And uh, then we raised funding and yeah, the rest is kind of in the works right now. That's amazing. Um, would it be fair to say that Austin is the Bitcoin capital of the world. I know everyone calls it that. I don't. I mean, I don't know where there might be uh, more populous cities that have more Bitcoiners in them. Um, but I think, like per, I don't know how you would say it, but like per capita interest in Bitcoin is probably highest. I would say in Austin relative to anywhere else. Like we were, we were uh, in, we were on Rainy Street, which is like this popular kind of bar street that has a lot of like. Uh, food trucks and things like on it. And we were using this app called Oshi on it, uh, on that, uh, to, to buy stuff at a, uh, at a food truck. And there was some, there, just a random person sitting in there is like, oh, you guys are using lightning to buy stuff at this food truck. Like, like there, there's a lot of Bitcoiners in Austin. Um, these meetups are like 200, 200 people at their largest, two, 250 people. And, you know, it's like a monthly conference almost. Um, at both BitDevs and now Austin Bitcoin Club, which is like a little more, a little less technical, a little more casual. Um, but I, I, I would definitely say Austin has a great Bitcoin scene, and I'm not aware of one that's any, any bigger or better. Right. That's very cool. And I bet that's it. It's must be helpful to have. I mean, I know you guys have Pleb Lab where where you can speak with Bitcoiners on a daily basis and you can kind of work closely with them. Um, but I imagine it's great for innovation to have an entire city that is embracing this technology and kind of like supporting it. Uh, and to see that it's almost like transcending into the mainstream talk. If you got people at food trucks recognizing lightning payments, um, that's a pretty cool sign, I think. Yeah, it's, de it's definitely a bonus. Um, it was one of the reasons why I moved here to begin with, because I knew the Bitcoin community here was was more significant than than where I was in California. So, um, I and it, and it ended up growing a lot even after I got here. But uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's huge. It's very important. I think that's very cool. Okay, so let's start with um, with Stacker News, the product. Um, you mentioned one of the first things you did to kind of like improve the experience that you might find on Hacker News or Reddit um, was to add this cyber resistance, this like this one sat payment. You gotta, you gotta at least show that you can make a tiny, tiny payment in order to participate. Um, what are some of the other, what are some of the first, what are some of the lessons you got from that, actually deploying that and seeing how people use that? Um, and then maybe talk a little bit about like what some of the other 
features are that you're integrating right now um, that kind of diverge or separate you from uh, Hacker News and Reddit? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess, I mean, there aren't any negative learnings from civil resistance. I mean, I, I think, or integrating Bitcoin payments this way, because the community, the community I'm trying to appeal to is like completely comfortable with this concept. They understand um, how, how Bitcoin can help solve a problem like this. They've seen Sphinx chat, they're using Sphinx chat, they're using lightning regularly. Um, so given that it was made for them and that feature kind of kind of suits them, it, it seems to be um, uh, working as, as intended. Some users have said that it might it might be discouraging a little bit, like the like there might be a little too much resistance behind uh, having to pay to comment. But I think the denomination is so small, I have a hard time believing that that has a significant impact. And that's sort of the goal anyway. Like if if you don't really want to say something, then you're probably not going to want to pay for it, and um, that's good for the community because then I don't have to. My attention doesn't have to be um, brought to a, a piece of content that isn't that isn't good. So uh, it 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 appears the signal is strong, but that might be just a function of the community already being small. So it's kind of it's kind of too hard to tell how how it'll shake out in the long run. You know, a lot of users, when they come on to Stacker News for the first time, they haven't really used Lightning because they're not—they're not in Austin. They're not—they're not, you know, hanging out with other Bitcoiners who are paying for each other's beers with Lightning and doing and transacting uh, regularly in Lightning. So for a lot of them, the like the the, U, the like the UX around onboarding is a little bit difficult, like you know, paying an invoice or you know, withdrawing via an invoice can be complicated. I mean, there are, there are a variety of like enhancements that have come out of the community more recently, like LNURL stuff and then um, the Lightning Address stuff. But that, that like onboarding new users is, is maybe one of the resistance points, like getting them to fund their wallet. Um, but I don't see that. So just, in case, yeah. just in case there are new, new users or potential new users listening to this, um, can we just do like a quick run through of exactly how the the stack news product works like it costs one sat to comment uh, on a post it costs one sat to make a post and it costs one sat at least or potentially more if you change your settings to um upvote a post right yeah yeah and then, and then where does that money go that that money then is sent from the user's wallet where does it go and how does it get distributed back to users yeah so that one that one sat to it's a post and that one sat to comment that goes to Stacker News. So uh, that very nominal fee goes to Stacker News um, because that like game theoretically, that's the, that's the best way for it to work out is that you, is that there's like a sink somewhere that you trust that's getting that money that, you know, can't, isn't another user that, or another sock puppet account or anything like that. And then uh, as far as like the upvotes, um, those are, those are all, or, we call them we call them tips, but it's kind of like an upvote on Reddit or or Hacker News, and the amount that you upvote or the amount of sats you can put into a post or tip is variable. You can set that to what you want, but you need to do at least it needs to cost you at least one sat to upvote something. So, an upvote is a uh, is a is a way to, the upvote the the sat that it costs to upvote or tip goes directly to the user who posted or commented. And then that also affects the ranking. So you're not only are you saying, I want this user to have a sat for, for showing me this content that I like, I also want more users to be able to see this post. And, and it's, 
and the fact that it costs you something guarantees that you're you're a little you have a little more skin in the game for this this piece of content than you would otherwise like you you care about it a little more than you might if it were free if all it did was really cost you a click and so so that's that's kind of interesting but all the all the all the tips all the upvotes on a on a post or comment go directly to the user so whoever put that content up gets them so we have we have users regularly earning i don't know right now it's like around the higher the at the high end 2000 sats we've had but we have had amas where people really really like them and are, and are really into them where gg for instance earned 100 over 100,000 sats jimmy song over 50,000 sats john vallis over 50,000 sats here and on a uh, doing an ama so um that's incredible but it's like so you, just from people upvoting just just from just from upvoting just from tipping so there's like a little lightning icon next to every post or comment and you can hit it as many times as you want, and or hold it, and put in a put in a custom amount, and uh, and tip even more. Yeah, and so let's let's think about this idea of tipping for content, because it's clearly it's clearly found you found product market fit with with at least the community of Bitcoin developers and Bitcoin enthusiasts right now. Um, the site metrics continue to grow every every month. I follow along. You have an open open metrics on your site. Um, but what, how can we extend this in like what other problems on the internet can be solved with a similar mechanic or, or maybe even the same mechanic? Like, can this idea of requiring someone to, to post up one sat in order to make a post on Twitter, could that work there? Could it work on Facebook? Could it work across social media on, on chat forums? Um, could it work on content uh, creators like blogs and, and paywall content for newsletters and newspapers. How, how far can this idea expand on the internet? Uh, I, I mean, I, I, in my opinion, it can expand everywhere. Uh, it, it's just getting people familiar with Lightning and Bitcoin and then having a decent UX around it to make it work. Like Sailor on Twitter has talked about he, I mean, he has a, kind of a different idea around how this might work, but he wants he wants users to put up for, like upfront, put up like twenty dollars worth of worth of Bitcoin to start an account on Twitter. And what and what's what's kind of nice about that relative to like a credit card payment or something is that's global. Twitter's user base is global, so is Bitcoin. It it makes sense that uh, it, it makes more sense to use something like Bitcoin than it would a credit card payment for such a mechanism. And then and then the the fact that you can kind of uh, you can you can send around very small amounts that cost very little. Uh, means that 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 you really don't need the upfront payment like that. It could just be on a per post basis, in my opinion, and then it kind of scales to the user's usage. Um, but I mean, email, you know, the 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 original the, the way I view Bitcoin is uh, is a Bitcoin is kind of like a tokenized tokenized energy in a way. And so, and so, a satoshi is like a small amount of tokenized energy. And so, you're you're really you're really sending in a way you're kind of sending around energy to other people. Something that costs something, something that was real in the world. And, uh, the, I mean, Hashcash, which was kind of one of the like these predecessor big ideas behind Bitcoin that Adam Beck and I believe invented or discovered. Uh, he intended that to be used for uh, email. For for like remailers to make sure these these email lists didn't get a bunch of spam on them, and so uh, it it fit it it's it's very natural to imagine 
Bitcoin or Lightning playing, be, being like tokenized, a tokenized version of this, this kind of thing that Adam Beck created for spam being used to prevent spam on the internet. And I is hope that a big do. idea waiting to be done right now? Email, email having uh, a SAT limit. Why, why has no one done this to date? Or, or, or maybe they have, but they haven't succeeded at it. Um, do you think that's an, an, another application for, for using Bitcoin is today you could have a spam filter that you can't get by, you can't get into my inbox unless you pay 10 SATs? I think so. I, I think the big, the, the problem with a lot of, the only thing that would, I think, prevent that idea from gaining widespread adoption is is lightning like Bitcoin and lightning adoption itself. It's like while it's growing, it's still not growing a lot. Like a user shared on um, on Stacker News the other day, like a a kind of a uh, like a visual graph of all of like uh, allocations of Bitcoin across the network. And it showed like how much capacity is on Lightning right now. It's something like 3,000 and something Bitcoin. But then relative to something like MicroStrategy's holding of Bitcoin, it's tiny. It's so um, like while I'm very bullish on Lightning and Bitcoin, like Lightning adoption, I think has a has a long way to go before like true ubiquity. Um, and if you're if you're not targeting your applications at least in the early stages to to Bitcoiners, um, it might have problems. And something like email, it's kind of, it, it kind of needs, um, you kind of want, you, you don't want to force your your counterparty in the email, the person who's sending you email to be, a, to be a Bitcoiner yet, because there just aren't enough of us, I don't think. But I think eventually that thing will, that will certainly happen. I, I, can't, I can't imagine it not happening. It's just a, like a matter of when, and I think right now it might be too early, but yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, in terms of Lightning user experience, you guys are already implementing some cool features that make that an easier on-ramp for someone who's new to Bitcoin. Um, one of those is Lightning addresses. Um, so for example, on Stacker News, like I have, I'm at KR on Stacker News. So you just created a Lightning address for me when I made my account, it's KR at Stacker.News. Um, and that is the way I can, I can fund or withdraw my account. Um, now, talk to me a bit about how people are using that today. Are people are people finding that to be a useful addition over something like an invoice? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think the UX around it is certainly easier. It makes it makes sending Bitcoin around as easy as sending an email. So you just all you need to know is someone's Lightning address, kind of like you know their email address, and you specify an amount, kind of like you would specify maybe a subject and a and a and a body in an email. And then you hit send, and they then get uh, Bitcoin. That's uh, pretty. That's pretty much it. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a cool it's a cool thing. Uh, I think created by Andrew Neves at uh, at Zebedee, uh, the CTO of Zebedee, and it's very widely adopted at this point. It just it, more and more wallets are adding this feature. I think because user users want it. QR codes are just kind of. I mean, the user experience isn't great. I need a camera. I need you know. I need to. I need to have, like, if I'm, if I'm, if I don't have my, if I don't have a camera and I'm on a computer, um, it, it's very hard for me to pay an invoice. Like it, so it, it makes a lot more sense to just do uh, the lightning address. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, what do you think is the biggest problem that users still face on Stacker News? 
Like if lightning addresses are, are smooth and easy, and that's kind of like the, um, just what seems to be the best way to onboard someone to lightning today, what are some of the constraints? What are some of the challenges of getting people onboarded to stack news to becoming an active user? Yeah, I guess one of the problems is that a user has to have uh, Bitcoin. They have to have light. They have to have Bitcoin um, deployed in a in a Lightning channel, either through a Lightning service provider or on their own wallet or something, to be able to even fund the account. So they might be they might be like I've had several users who are familiar with Bitcoin, but using Lightning is kind of new to them. So they might they might have Bitcoin, but they don't have Lightning yet. And there are some you know there. There are ways that to onboard them more easily, like Moon, like kind of use all Bitcoin as kind of the same, and whether it's Lightning or on chain, it kind of doesn't care, and that's that's a very nice user experience. So that's that's maybe one of the bigger hurdles is that a user has to like already have access to some capacity uh, on on Lightning to begin to begin using Stacker News. Now, when I started, when I made my account on Stacker News, I think I got two free posts. Is that still the case today? Yeah, you get two free posts, five free comments. So the idea was like maybe maybe you aren't familiar with Lightning, but you want to begin you want to begin interacting with the community, see how it works. And then my my hope was you know you're a good user, you think and and you and you post something good, and you basically can bootstrap an account balance that allows you to kind of like go into the future with that account without ever having to like put any capital in. Right. So if you if you make that first free post or second free post, and it's a good post, and someone upvotes it, gives you like ten sats, then you've got ten sats that you can make ten future posts on, and you can kind of like grow from there, right? Yeah. And a lot of people are earning like a decent amount of money uh, in you know in sat terms in in the lightning <laughs> space um, from doing this. Like it, it's quite cool to see how quickly you can earn Bitcoin. And how, um, you know, like, uh, for example, I, I posted a couple of posts on Stacker News in the last few weeks. I posted basically the exact same post on Twitter. And I noticed that a couple of times I'd get like 30 or 40 likes on Twitter for those posts. And I get like 30 or 40 sats on Stacker News for the same posts. And I'm like, if, if that's a trade-off where I have to start, you know, I have to take either one sat or one like, I'm taking stats every day, and that is a really compelling pitch. If, if that if that relationship holds, as Stacker News grows and as more users come on board, man, that that's a really compelling way to get people excited. Uh, like as you mentioned, they they the one of the largest um, posts got over a hundred thousand stats, right? Uh, for for an AMA. Yeah, yeah, and so I imagine. I mean, if you look at if you look at kind of Reddit and like what what are some of the top posts on Reddit and how many upvotes Reddit redditors get when they post something, it's it's in the neighborhood of like twenty thousand upvotes for like something that's really hot, really really high on the page. So at least a, a couple months ago, we had it was like two thousand sats per dollar, you know. So that that would earn ten dollars. You could post something on Stacker. I mean, if we get to that amount of Kind of tipping and upvoting on Stacker News, you can imagine uh, users making like re like a real dis a real de maybe they could pay their electricity bill or their food bill for the month uh, posting on Stacker News, and hopefully we'll be be able to add features in the future where you know they they can earn even more if they if they uh, if they do if they do more things. So yeah, and I mean that's that's ten dollars by the way at current prices. 
right, if you exactly. get to the point where you got that many, as many users as Reddit, then you'd assume that that would mean Bitcoin is already a much bigger success than it is today. And price maybe 10x higher, 100x higher, whatever it is. And, right. you know, then your 10 bucks turns into 100 or 1,000. And yeah, that's that's some real real money from, from curating content. Because it doesn't even have to be an original post, yeah. right? Like it's usually to find something on the internet, feed it to the community and say, hey, here, look at this. Do you think this creates a new kind of uh, job? Like, is this a new category of, of income potentially? as it matures and as the scales, like, do you think there will be a job title for curators on the internet? I, I would like to see that happen. I think that'd be awesome. I think, I think, I think free, I think one thing the internet has done is freed people from kind of like the shackles of, of like a, a corporate job. And it, especially in the last couple of years, we've seen these huge um, shifts to like these creator economy things and people being able to earn money for more and more things that um, they would normally have to do under the umbrella of another organization. So, I mean, I certainly hope, I certainly hope that's the case. That's, that's kind of, that's kind of where I want Stacker News to go is for users to be able to really engage in various types of commerce, perhaps types of commerce that, that couldn't exist previously because there's a little too much friction in a normal payment system, or, you know, it didn't really make sense for Reddit to pay users for, simply discovering content and, but with like a crowd, like a crowd crowding micropayments and aggregating them. And maybe, maybe there's something really there in terms of like a user being able to uh, receive some of the value that they're creating for the community. And do you think that that could even grow the size of the, of this like aggregator pie? Like you have Reddit with, I don't know, whatever, 50 million users or however many they have. Um, do you think that by enabling these micro payments and actually letting people earn, you can then take that from 50 million to 500 million, similar to how like on, I know one of the cited metrics for, for traders is like Robinhood cut out all the fees on trading, took it from like 10 bucks per trade on a stock to zero and just like created a whole new class of, traders and just, you know, this, this whole new generation of traders that otherwise wouldn't have been willing to pay 10 bucks of trade to their bank can now participate. And it's just like the, the economy is larger in, in that trading sphere. Do you think that happens in the um, kind of content curation sphere as well? I mean, I can certainly, I think it's a compelling idea and I can certainly imagine it happening. I mean, you're what, what, what you end up doing is like, you're like on somewhere like on somewhere like Reddit, the incentives are kind of weak. They're they're like not they're not really tangible. They don't really exist outside of the Reddit ecosystem. So I can't I can't turn my Reddit karma into anything special any, nearly anywhere else. I mean I can't even no one cares about my Reddit karma even on Twitter. Uh, if I could if I say I'm like a high high karma redditor on Twitter, it, it just doesn't no one cares. Um, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily get me a bunch of Twitter followers, but the incentives around like giving people actual money, something that's like really worth something like now, now where I might've just lurked on somewhere like Reddit and not really contributed. Now I'm, now I'm thinking about, wow, I want to be one of these people that are actually earning some money at doing this. I'm already here and I'm, you know, I'm already, I'm discovering a lot of content. I know what the community likes. I think I can, I think I can do something uh, here for the community. 
and so I think there's like a there's like a little bit there's just enough more uh, incentive for people to to begin doing that, and especially if especially if you can you can earn a decent amount of money. I, I mean, who does who doesn't want more bills paid? Um, especially if you're yeah. in a third world country, uh, you know, Bitcoin is nearly the same price everywhere, and so if if I'm I mean, if if you're in if you're in Africa right now and you could you could probably m maybe earn comparable wages on something like Stacker News posting on Stacker News to what you might be. I mean, depending on where you are in Africa, I don't know nothing about the African economy, but just like thinking about that is kind of is kind of interesting. Yeah, totally. Um, and I mean, even today on like if, for people who are already on Bitcoin, Twitter, on Reddit, talking about Bitcoin, on Bitcoin talk. You're already posting for free. You're not getting anything for your money or for your time. Um, I find the Stacker News is already a higher signal kind of community. Maybe it's because it's small. Maybe it's because it's developer focused and, and more uh, tight knit. But it, TBD on whether on whether that changes over time. But for now, I'm like, this is the best pitch for Bitcoiners. Period. It's like you're already posting this stuff on Twitter. Why not just add the link on Stacker News? You're already posting on Reddit. Why not earn sats instead of upvotes? Just seems like a no-brainer for for at least the Bitcoin community right now. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd certainly agree. I mean, we've had a number of users comment and say that they they've reduced their their Twitter usage as a result of Stacker News. So, like a big reason why I spent a lot of time on Twitter previously was I was looking for Signal in Bitcoin. I would scroll through my feed. I would ha I'd follow a bunch of lists just like looking for what's going on and trying to keep up. And my Twitter usage has reduced. Like I rarely hit my, like I have a 30 minute limit on Twitter that I allow myself every day and I rarely hit it now. I'm mostly spending all that time I was spending on Twitter on Stacker News now. And I've heard several of the users say the same thing. Um, and I think and I think one of the, one of the problems with Reddit and, and I, I enjoy Reddit quite a bit, but as the communities get larger, the incentives are get kind of weird. Like it begins rewarding like the lowest common denominating content. So it's kind of like, like in a very large classroom, we all kind of understand that that's maybe bad for the people who are learning there because the teacher has to teach to the bottom of the class in order for every, to make sure everyone's on, on the same page. And that's what you have on these kind of larger subreddits, especially the Bitcoin one. It's like 3.2 million users. I think it might even be bigger now. But the content ends up being things like I sold all my Bitcoin to buy a house, uh, you know, I lost my keys. Um, it's just kind of, it's just, it, it's just, it's a thing that appeals to like the the simplest kind of user. And um, I think we can modify the incentives perhaps in that situation so that it actually isn't doesn't appeal to the lowest common denominating person. And 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 maybe we can maybe we can improve the signal. Uh, using Bitcoin. Is that purely through this tipping mechanism and this like cost to post or what are some of the other, um, you know, tools you're thinking about to improve the experience of a user? Yeah. So uh, you and I have actually talked about this privately. You actually, you actually gave me the suggestion because um, you'd, you'd recently talked to John Carvalho, interviewed John Carvalho and I listened to that podcast too. But he, yeah, he discussed episode eight for listeners. Episode eight. He discusses a uh, web of trust and uh, it's a fascinating idea, but it, it basically aims to solve in 
like the public key infrastructure area, um, a very similar problem to what a lot of like modern social networks are. Like upon researching Web of Trust, I found out it was it was basically the first form of social network. It was it was a network that was social. Um, it was it was a it was a a graph that con that was connecting people together. Um, and so we're, we're we, we've now we've now created a ranking algorithm that that uses this concept of web of trust. So we're 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 quantifying basically the trust relationship between users, and then creating like a a value for how much a user is trusted by the community that allows us to determine basically how trustworthy they are, and then how how much should their how much should their upvote count for on a post? Should they be able to say this post is good or bad? Like maybe they're not. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm Frank and I created I created three other accounts. You know, Frank one, Frank two, and Frank three. And I post something on Stacker News and then I upvote it. Well, Frank one and Frank two and Frank three, no one trusts them, so they shouldn't have any say in whether something gets ranked higher. Um, so that, that's kind of what this algorithm allows us to do. It really allows us to tell whether a user should be able to do certain things on the site or not. And it functions like way more similarly to a, a normal community or social structure. Um, and I think it's a very nice fit for, uh, for Stacker News and the community. And then another, another you know, value add you might get from this is everyone might have a different web of trust. Like you, Kevin might have might have users you trust more than me. Maybe you want different. Maybe I want more technical content, and maybe maybe you want other types of content that are more interesting to you. And you trust users who for that type of content, and I trust technical users. And so maybe we see different content throughout the day. It's both. It's like for so which improves the signal for each of us individually. Um, but it it's a very nice way to do things as far as i know like reddit and hacker news they have more of an absolute measure of trust where you know this user's been on the site for six months they have they comment three times a day they um they have so much karma but it but you can those are much easier to game than someone having or like a like a relationship you know a content relationship with someone um directly on the site and so i think i think it's a really powerful idea and I'm surprised I haven't heard about it being used in a social network yet. And um, I'm really, I'm really excited about like the the variety of ways we're, we're going to end up using it. Yeah, I, th I mean, it was a it was a mind blowing idea when I heard John talk about it on the show. Uh, I think he used the example of when we were talking about it. He talked about the potential for like an Uber driver to build a reputation on some kind of decentralized Uber um, where where they have they they build trust by doing successful rides um all tied to a a, a key pair and if that key pair uh if they you know are a drunk driver they get into an accident one day then their reputation goes you know way down and they have that opportunity to either try and repair that reputation on that same key pair or start with another one in which case they go back to having zero reputation period and they're getting paid the least amount. They get they get the worst times for rides. Um, you know they have to build they have to build trust again. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a really really cool idea. And there's a lot of ways to take this too, right? Like I, I know we've talked about the the idea of like extending the trust. What can you do once you've determined 
how much you should trust certain people. Like if everyone has a reputation score, what are some of the things that you can then use that reputation for? And like, can you add on new layers to the product um, once you have, have a reputation established? And I think one of the, one of the interesting ones that we, we've talked about a bit is the idea of like sending payments back to users as they, um, as in proportion to their reputation, um, as the site generates income. Like, it's a really cool idea. I think it's a, it's a, that to me is what like community owned social media should look like. Yeah. Not for, like yeah. someone trying to, you know, go out and get, uh, pre-sale tokens on some new, some, some new social media service that hasn't launched, but someone who's actually using a product actually gets rewarded with actual income that the site is generating. Yeah, for me, that's like the real definition of Web3 is just like it, the the user is capturing more of the value they're generating. Like uh, I, th I think some people in kind of traditional Silicon Valley have the point of view that it's it's the user owns some asset on whatever blockchain. And I just I and the only the only reason why that might be interesting is if the user is somehow uh, earning something as a result of owning that asset. And so I think, I think that's really, it's really the earning part is that the user is actually capturing value that they're generating as they're participating in this thing. And I think, I think that's, um, that's what Bitcoin, I think enlightening used in this way can do. And right now, so you, right now you're earning from people commenting and posting, um, your earning stats there. What are some of the other applications where you can earn and then pass those payments back on to users in proportion to this like reputation or level of trust score? Yeah, so we've we've also I think this was this is another one of your ideas. Just to suggest to users how many good ideas come from you or ideas that we're going to be using come from you, but a, a job board. So um, we're thinking about doing a job board. I think I think. Uh, one of the cool things about Lightning is you can, or using a, using Lightning for something like a job board, is you can rank things based on based on market uh, dynamics. So, like, how much is someone willing to pay on a job board to be in that top spot? Maybe you know if, if it has if it's dynamic, if it's a fee market, if it's something if it if it's something like um, you know uh, I'm I'm CoinDesk and I'm willing to pay. 10,000 sats for this top spot, someone comes along and they want to pay 15,000 sats, um, perhaps Coindesk come, you know, get, gets dropped down in the ranking. So traditional job boards, they have, it's because they have no other mechanism to do this by, everything is ranked by when it was posted to the board. So you have, you have, you have days of the week where the board is debt, where they're not earning any income, they'll have, they'll have to make their job postings cheaper or more, or more expensive, depending on the time of time of the week because it because people who are posting jobs know that job seekers are looking on say mondays or tuesdays on their lunch breaks um so everything will have to be time everything will be time ranked and everyone's focused on when they're posting these jobs and then maybe there's a mechanism where you can pay a little bit extra to get like kind of pinned to the top but um we can use lightning to like set a, a very dynamic fee for how much a user how much a how much a, an HR person is, say, paying to have a job posted in a certain spot. 
and we can pull from their from their wallet, say like every minute, um, a, a small sat amount. So it can be it can be very responsive and, and dynamic to like market conditions. And I think it's I I think it'll be really interesting and potentially generate like a decent amount of revenue. And then yeah, and then 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 yeah, we take that revenue and we dump it back on the users to kind of you know pay them for what they're doing for all the work they're doing on the site and then incentivize more users to join. Yeah. And that makes sense because I think the you know the the idea of a job board and the and to make it a valuable thing, you have to have users to begin with. Right? Like a job board doesn't mean anything if there's no one looking at the site. Um and so if you do have all these users looking at the site and then you now create a job board, it makes sense that you, you return that value to the to the users. And yeah, to me to me that seems like a a great fit for Stacker News to be able to um, have that, those payments come in and then sent back to users in proportion to their uh, reputation. Um, okay, so maybe we can talk more about decentralizing Stacker News, because this is another idea I've heard you talk a bit about. Um, I don't fully understand the technical side of this, so you might have to, to slow this one down for me a little bit. But yeah. talk to me about like how how centralized is Stacker News now? Like in that tech stack, what are the components that are centralized? What are the components decentralized? And what are your plans over time to change that? And how much of that tech stack can be decentralized? Yeah, so right now Stacker News is about as centralized as something like Twitter is. So it's it's like pretty it's pretty much it's a traditional web app. Everything is kind of centralized. The only thing that's that's decentralized, say, is is you know the payment the payment system we're using, which is Bitcoin, that's decentralized. Um, you know the fact that I don't I don't need to interact with some kind of third party to process your payment, that kind of stuff. Um, but it, it's fairly traditional. The idea is, I think, when we get to, for me, like, like real product market fit, where there's like a, where there's like quite a few users, it's getting quite, quite significant to people's lives. Um, uh, that's when I think we cross the threshold where it begins to really make sense to begin decentralizing it. But basically, it would it would look like um, we we have an app on something like Umbral or any any of these kind of node stores. And you run that app. You tell us all of the kind of subs, or you can kind of think of subreddits. We call them we call them substacks. We might call them subs. We're not really sure yet because we don't have them. But you say all the you say all the topics. To say you want you want to subscribe to there, um, and then it'll connect you just like just kind of like Bitcoin does itself. It'll connect to a variety of other nodes in the network, other Stacker News nodes, and then it will tell them you're listening for these specific topics. And it will send you all of the kind of posts you could maybe you could set. I only want to see posts from the last two weeks. I don't want to store any very old like archive data. I just want to see the last two weeks posts. Um, and so it it basically operate like that. I think I think the best analogy for Bitcoiners is probably like it basically be like a mempool. It would kind of be like a mempool on your node where like you submit a on Bitcoin you submit a payment to someone else and what your what your bitcoin node does is it then sends it around to all of the other bitcoin nodes and eventually it reaches a miner and that miner then puts it into a block for something like stacker news it doesn't really need consensus like your node can have a different view than my node and it doesn't really matter like you're interested in different topics than i am so it's more like 
it's more like that pool that sits on every node that just has transactions that aren't in a block yet. They're, and all of our nodes have the have these mempools sitting on them. But in and in Stacker News's case, it's it's like a news pool. It's like all of the all of the posts that you're interested in are kind of sitting there, and you can also send those to other users potentially. And that's that's kind of the idea. So the only thing that really needs to be built in that case that's different from the current site, like the entire tech stack will will run fine on your on your node right now. That's like some of the decisions I've been making sit with that. The only thing that would really need to change is we'd have to introduce some kind of way of passing messages between other computers. So like some kind of peer-to-peer -peer communication. And then we have to figure out an incentive model that guarantees that that when you want things from a certain topic, they're available for you on the network. Like the data is there for you to get it. And um, and then also guarantee that someone can't spam you very well. So we already have this kind of civil resistant mechanism built in. So there would be like, there would that aspect would remain in a decentralized version. But we gained a bunch of like cool things in a decentralized version, like this idea of like censorship resistance. Like if someone creates a board, say in a country where the government is very repressive, you know, in, in this case, they're about as free as they are to use Stacker News as they are uh, to use Bitcoin. So it, it, the goal is to have something open peer to peer as like, similarly decentralized as Bitcoin. It would probably take us a long time to get there. Bitcoin, when it started, wasn't very decentralized. It was, it had, you know, tens of nodes and then more and more and more. But that's kind of the general idea. Um, and then you have like this, this trust minimized, censorship resistant uh, message board um, where people are earning money for participating in it and you, your participation doesn't rely on on Stacker News uh, continuing to exist necessarily. Um, it it just relies on you running your own data and and making sure the data that you're getting a, a, has the rules that you want it to. It's it's um yeah yeah. I think it's just a it's a potential it's a potential future, and I think um, an interesting thing to consider. And I think a way that we can use Lightning as providing some of these these things that are hard to do without Lightning, like creating an open peer-to-peer -peer kind of data store where you might get a bunch of spam in the case where you just have a computer that can receive a bunch of connections and uh, things like that. So this structure of like nodes passing information, like Stacker News posts back and forth to each other, do you think that is the solution for creating a censorship-free internet? Like, can that then be applied to Twitter? And can you create some of these other, recreate some of these apps that, that we know and love today in a way that cannot be censored? Uh, I think, I think so. I think, yeah. I think, I think that is, I think that is the future of these applications is to use digitally native payments, Bitcoin, et cetera, to, to kind of create the incentive structure that's necessary for these things to exist in a, in a way that. Bitcoin created an incentive structure that allows it to exist in a decentralized way and operate and not be, not be easily destroyed, even though it's it's decentralized. I think, I think that'll happen. I think, and as we were talking earlier, you know, potentially attaching Lightning payments to email might be able to solve some of the the problem the problems with spam and email. And these similarly these open peer to peer networks have spam problems too. That's like one of the main things they need to solve is the ability to reduce um, 
you know, denial of service attacks that are created by spam and by attaching payments, you, you can kind of, you can kind of solve for that. And do you think the node, like someone's lightning node or Bitcoin node will be the central hub by which they access all these new services or will it be something else? I mean, you could have a, you could have a variety of, or you could, you could support any model. So in, in, in my view, there will still be a centralized stacker news. It'll, you know, there'll be a node and I keep an archive. I'm an archival node. I'm a full node for stacker news. I keep all the topics, you know, everything that is like, that I'm not forced to by, by law to remove or anything. I keep that alive and, and well, um, but then you can have, you can have another version of it that operates more like a more like a Sphinx chat or a Zion where a user is running their own node and it's in like a centralized cl cloud provider. Or you can have users like some of us who are running umbrals at home and they have a, they have a node at home and they're running their own. So it, it, it supports what's kind of nice about something decentralized is it can be is it's very easy to centralize something that's decentralized. It's just hard to decentralize something that's um, centralized. So you know, you, it, once you have something that's that's truly decentralized, like sliding the scale back to more centralization, you know, is, is pretty easy. That's a good way of putting it. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by this idea of like nodes as um, like personal servers. Yeah. And being able to like take control of all your information and data and, and payments. Um, what do you think the, what do you think nodes will look like five, 10 years from now? Like, are they going to be these little like Raspberry Pi umbral things? Are they going to be hosted nodes? Are they going to be with voltage? Are they going to be different hardware solutions? Um, are they going to be like, you know, could they be like an entirely new device? Could they be a phone? Um, what, what will a node look like five, 10 years from now? I mean, I, I think if you like, if you, if you kind of pile up all of the technological trends together and you kind of try to think about this, I think it does end up looking like, like a, more like a phone. Like our phone is actually the, like the, it, it has a, I imagine a future where there's a Bitcoin phone node running on my phone and it does all of my payments and stuff. And it, you know, all I have to do is say, uh, export a did wallet and import it on another on another device and I, everything that was on that phone is now on, on the, on the, on the other device. And I can do this as many times as I need to. That's kind of, that's kind of how I imagine the future is our devices get more and more powerful and they have more and more storage and they're better connected to the internet. We, you know, we get something like Starlink or maybe our cell towers get even better and we're on, we're on 8G or something. And, and then uh, like all of these things get unlocked that are currently kind of limited by um, our technological constraints. And especially if we are being sensitive to like device needs and costs, like we are in Bitcoin in terms of keeping block size small and making it very cheap and easy for people to run nodes. Like at some point, techno like technologically will outpace to a significant degree the, the rate at which Bitcoin blocks or Bitcoin's like data requirements um, are, and, and it, that, Bitcoin is always getting more efficient in certain ways too. Like um, we're sending few and few messages between nodes because we have like certain optimizations and things like that. So I think that's kind of the future that I see is like almost like a node on every device that is like reasonable that is in your possession. You have, you, you have complete control of your data, but there's a lot of things to get there, you know, more so than just like 
hardware improving. You also need like our our software sophistication to improve in terms of like syncing between these devices. And you, you begin to need things like DIDs, I think, to really be able uh, to do this sort of thing. But that's where I hope it goes. That's where I, that's, but that's also, it, it's, it seems like a lot of us want that to exist. So it probably will, you know, the date, I don't know when. Mm -hmm. It does seem like we're headed in that direction. Like the, the next iteration of the web is, is people owning more of their data and, and just sorting that out on a node, or um, I just recently saw Impervious announce their kind of technical specs for their upcoming browser. I don't know if you had a chance to look at that. Yeah, I did. Um, that's, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that and what, what you think of that first attempt at building a kind of Web3 browser Bitcoin. I don't know if that's the term they want to use, but another version of a browser that is kind of beyond the reaches of Google and Facebook and Amazon. Um, what do you think of that that technical spec doc they released? I mean, I think it's I think it's awesome. I think it's it's very ambitious, and I think it's certainly a step in this direction that we're talking about. Um, I think I think there are going to be some interesting problems there. Like uh, one of the things I was talk I was discussing with David King, who was uh, an investor in Stacker News, was um, the fact that some of some of the technology that they're talking about in that blog post requires your counterparty or like the person you're you're doing a, a Zoom call with. They say, you know, Zoom, but but without Zoom, um, you know, chat, but without but without uh, Telegram or WhatsApp or whatever. Um, the the difficulty there is kind of the adoption. Like I don't want some, I don't want my dad to have to download another browser when I want to have a conversation with him. So I wonder how they're going to solve some of those problems. But if they can solve those problems as a Bitcoiner, I mean, even if even if they don't solve some of these problems as a Bitcoiner, I'm definitely going to be using a product like that. But I see, I see that product that that it's kind of exactly what we were talking about, where like more devices are going to become Bitcoin enabled and become like able to do things on Bitcoin and do more decentralized things. I see. I I told um, one of I, I told Anthony, who's one of the employees at Impervious, that I see this thing as potentially like a, an Umbral competitor, actually where it does a lot of the things that you want to do in Umbral um, because you're accessing Umbral through your browser anyway, like you're already using another device to access it. So why shouldn't that just all be like, in, why shouldn't it all be in the browser? It has some issues like in terms of receiving an, like a lightning payment if you're not, your browser isn't open say, but there are like solutions to these things that are getting worked out. Like lightning signer is something that some people are working on. And if you're familiar with Greenlight at all and what they're doing at Blockstream, Basically, they run a node for you, and you hold your keys. You hold the keys that allow you to um, transact on the Lightning network. So they they do all of like the infrastructure, and and they make sure your node is like running and it's live and and can receive payments. And you only really need to participate if you're like receiving or sending a payment, or you're like forwarding payments if you're a routing node. You wouldn't use one of these things probably for a routing node. But in these cases, like something, if you if that begins working really well, you can have a you can have a browser. You can you could replace an umbral with with a browser. It becomes like it becomes very competitive, I think, with umbral. And so I think it's a very exciting uh, product. And I think I think that speaks to like the kind of general direction that we'll be going with a lot of like the software and stuff that will be built around and using Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, it's a very very cool idea with a lot of implications. My head, my head gets confused just thinking about all the all the possibilities. Um, 
Okay, let's let's talk a little bit more about kind of the state of Stacker News right now. And let's kind of, because I don't think people realize how quickly some of the Lightning apps are kind of being built out and, and finding product market fit. And I want to give people a better idea of Stacker News' like trajectory so far, because it's been a pretty incredible like first six months. You, you launched, when did you launch? July, 2021? Uh, yeah, July, June, July, I think. And in the first month, what, what was going on in that first month? Do you remember any of the any of the metrics of like users and payments and you know how many people were were uploading comments? Yeah, so I have a I actually just built because I'm doing my first investor update today. I built like a dashboard that has like all of this like graphed out. Um, but uh, in that first month, we had we had 58 monthly registrations. So people like creating accounts on Stacker News. And this last month we had 286 uh, registrations that month. And then I have like another couple of graphs here. The like number of posts and comments that were posted in that first month were 148. And then this last month uh, we had about 2,300 posts and comments. Um, monthly active users, 23 when we first launched that first month. Um, monthly active users being users who are signed in and like participating on the site. And uh, this most recent month we had 184. The SAT spin on the site went from a, a low of 615 when we first launched to a high last month of uh, 122,000 uh, SATs. So 615 SATs were spent by users in the first month of operation. Yeah. And what was the last month? 120,000? Yeah, that was um, that was actually December. It, it dipped a little bit in January, I think, because we didn't have an AMA. Um, we'll be having another one this week sometime with a with an even bigger guest. Uh, but uh, um, yeah, it was 120, 122,000 in, in December. Um, so we, now we have like 13, we have almost 1,400 users. Um, we've had almost like 10,000 total post comments. Um, I mean, it's gro it's growing really well. Page views are up. Let me see if I can get that the total page views. So this last month we had 50, almost 50,000 page views, which is up 26% over the, the, the prior month. Um, we had an increase in like the unique number of visitors, not just the number of page views they had. We were up 4%. See if I can have some other metrics here, but that I mean, those are it's it's growing. I mean, that's just kind of um, yeah. what's nice to see is um, people are using it more and more people are coming, and um, it's really exciting. That's kind of you know, that's what you want. That's what you're looking for. Right. It seems like also like I I don't think I was there from day one, but I I can't remember which month I signed up a couple months ago. Um, I, I noticed back then it was kind of just, it felt like it was me, it was you, <laughs> there was like a handful of other users. I recognized their, their names that are like uh, at symbols. And I just, it felt like it was so young and so um, like it was just, it, it was not yet fully sustainable. It was like you guys were bootstrapping it. And there was this like small group of people helping out and trying to like almost doing it um, just out of like goodwill or to like get it going. 
and lately I've noticed that it's switched a bit. It's more, more new users that I've never seen before. I see different tags and I see different people commenting and posting. I see I'm getting a lot more upvotes and I'm just getting, I'm earning more sats for things that I post and comment. Um, and so I, I guess I wonder what, how far along do you think Stacker News is to becoming a sustainable community that kind of lives on its own, right? Cause like you, you started it, you were the, you got the wheel rolling. How much further do you have to get that wheel rolling? And I don't know if it's a user number or if it's a page view number or whatever it is, but how long is it going to take? Or, or when does that moment happen where the community starts to like push the wheel itself and, and you no longer have to, to be there to kind of like push the network along and grow it. Yeah. I mean, the metric I've been thinking about since the very early days, like, like lat, like later last year, when people began asking me to decentralize it is I'm like, I don't think the product really, really does. The wheel doesn't turn itself until we have about a thousand active users a day. So, um, and that doesn't, that can, that can be also like lurking users, maybe users who aren't really participating necessarily, but that, you know, so maybe that's like a thousand visitors a day. So people feel like they're about a thousand people somehow engaging with their content. And that given the way growth is right now, that that's probably something like 500 active users, like people who are actually engaging with the content, sharing new content, commenting, that kind of thing. So I think we're about like, ha we're about like halfway there, like a little less than halfway there right now. But that's when I really, I mean, I've already stopped having to spend two hours a day like discovering news myself to share. And I can, I can just do it a little more freely than I would before because other users are, are doing a better job than I could do alone. Um, so I think that'll just continue to increase more and more. And then my prob my, my personal role is, um, is more like making sure the good users are rewarded. Well, the bad users, you know, aren't rewarded. And that, and that's more like a technological solution than kind of a more community leader role. And, um, that's, that's kind of the way I see it maybe progressing. Okay. So, so in the next like six, 12 months on the Stacker News roadmap, what are some of the items you're most excited about? Any specific features or launches that you're working on? I know you're always, you're always doing something new. It seems like every few weeks you've got an update rolling out. Um, what are you most excited about? Uh, I think figuring out the first sub is really exciting. So we, uh, we've been discussing that uh, like with users, with some of the investors, we have your idea competing the job board competing with a few other ones. Like I'm, I'm one of, one of the ideas that I want, and these aren't mutually exclusive necessarily. It's just in terms of like prioritization when they get done. One of the ideas that I kind of like is archiving the mailing lists because they are mailing lists are structured like a tree, kind of like our discussions are. And the way I find mailing list stuff now is I either have to be really on top of my my like email and see all of them. There's tons of posts to get in there all the time. And if I wanna go back through the archives, there's no real great way for me to do that. I can do like a Google search, but it's a little, it's not great, like the UX around it. So that's a, that's a potential sub. The job board is a potential sub, which is appealing for obvious reasons because it, it's actually a revenue generator and we can do some really interesting things to, for users by having that. Um, another, another angel wants uh, us to support like value for value podcasts a little more directly, at least in terms of discoverability. 
and and like be a place for comments on on value for value podcasts. Um, that would that potentially another sub. I mean, there are lots of things to still be done. Like we don't have media support right now. Users are kind of hacking media support by using Markdown and hosting on Imager, and they don't need to do that. I can easily integrate, you know, images and videos and things like that. Um, and there, you know, there are a number of like UX UI things. Like a lot of users complained about the font being too small or the contrast being too low on the font in certain in certain contexts and dark mode, etc. So. Like I'm really excited about getting that core experience for the user much better. Um, yeah, it's just like, how do I, those, these are kind of all the things that are like circulating right now in terms of ideas and how do I prioritize them is, is what I'm thinking. But uh, yeah, I try to ship as much stuff as I possibly can, like, like as humanly possible for me to do. Cause I know one thing I've heard just over and over and over again by some of like, you know, I don't know, the gurus in like startup land is like shipping cadence is, is like the best predictor of success. So that's something I just think about all the time is like, am I, de am I delivering a better and better experience for my users, more and more value for them on a regular basis? And uh, yeah, it's so, however, I'm just going to keep doing, doing that. And maybe some of these features are part of that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so far it's it's the site has grown and become a much cleaner experience, and much I've seen the improvement over the last couple of months. Um, so I'm excited about the next kind of six, twelve months, and, and watching what uh, what it develops into. Um, for any any listeners who have not tried Stacker News yet, where can they go to find out more about you? Try Stacker News uh, if they need to set up a Lightning wallet, and if they need to you know get a Lightning address. Talk to me about how a new user who's listening to this can get set up. Yeah, uh, so you can find Stacker News at stacker.news. You can also just Google Stacker News and we should come up in the top there, but uh, stacker.news. Um, we're on Twitter at stacker underscore news. And then on stacker.news in the footer at the very bottom, you can, there's a link to my Twitter. It's uh, K00BIDEH. It's Kubaday. It's like this uh, Persian meat dish um, that I'm really fond of, um, but with two zeros instead of instead of O's. Um, in terms of getting getting set up, uh, right now you can just create an account, um, and you have two free posts, two free comments, and you can earn stats from that. Um, if Kevin tells me when he releases this, I'll also put a um, I'll. If you DM me on Twitter, I'll send you an invite link that has um, sats already in it. So you can get an account that already has sats in it. Um, I won't post that publicly because I've had a user recently game an invite, invite links that I've been sharing publicly, which is like a good Bitcoiner. He's, um, he's, uh, he's responding to incentives and draining all of my invite faucets. Um, <laughs> but if you, if you reach out to me on Twitter, and you don't seem like a scammer, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll make sure you can get an account with some sats in it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, thanks for taking the time today. Uh, great conversation. And I'm super excited about all this new stuff you're building, the web of trust, watching the community grow, the revenue generating ideas for the different subs. Really exciting time. So thanks for taking the, taking the time out of your day and uh, hope we can chat again soon. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. 
Welcome to the lightning round presented by Voltage. Voltage is the premier provider of Bitcoin and lightning node infrastructure. Many of the apps and services you already use in the Bitcoin and lightning ecosystem already use Voltage um, to scale their business quickly and easily without any maintenance. Um, Voltage also offers an inbound liquidity product called Flow that helps you as a node operator get inbound liquidity quickly and easily. Um, overall, Voltage is creating the industry standard of non-custodial products, helping brands and startups and entrepreneurs scale. To learn more about Voltage, visit voltage.cloud. All right, time to get into the lightning round. In the last couple of days, four people sent in sats, comments, and questions over the Lightning Network using a Lightning podcasting app. Uh, thank you all for sending in sats, comments, and questions. First up, Mary Oscar sent in 2,600 sats and left a comment that just says, testing. Thank you, Mary Oscar. Um, next up, we had an anonymous user sent in 843 sats. They did not leave a comment or question. Uh, so anonymous user, thank you for the, the sats. Um, we had BTC Rich sent in 297 sats. Uh, thank you, BTC Rich. Again, no comment, no question. Um, and then finally, we had Raven. And Raven sent in 21 sats and asked, Who's your favorite guest you would like on the podcast? That's a great question. I have a lot of guests I'd like to have on the podcast. Uh, a few that come to the top of mind would be, uh, I'd love to talk to someone at Cash App or Blocks, Square, Spiral, whatever you want to call that entity. Um, of course, I would love to have that be Jack Dorsey. Um, maybe that's not realistic today, but uh, that's kind of a, a dream guest for for the, the show. I think he'd be... Um, really great guest to have on. Um, would love to talk to some of the folks working at Stripe and Visa and talk about what they're doing to kind of embrace Lightning and, and whether this is on their radar or not. Um, I really enjoy talking, obviously, to a lot of the Lightning founders. I'd really like to get everyone on, All the anyone building a Lightning company, I would love to have on to kind of discuss what they're building. It helps me learn a lot. Uh, about how the whole space is evolving. Uh, I, I feel like listeners are learning a ton um, from from this exposure coming from from all these different startup founders um, who can now share their story. Um, so yeah, I, I'd, I'd start with some of the, the big payment companies I think would be really interesting. Um, those would be my, my picks, I think. Uh, thank you for sending in the question, Raven. And Raven also sent in a lightning address. Last episode, I said, giving away 1600 sats to anyone who sends in a comment with their lightning address in it. Raven was the only one to do it. So Raven, you are getting 1600 sats. You also won 1500 sats in the previous episode. So Raven's two for two. Um, nice work there. We have a third giveaway happening in this episode. I'm giving away 1700 sats because this is episode number 17. Um, if you would like to be eligible for this giveaway, uh, you can leave a comment on this episode using a lightning podcasting app. Fountain's my favorite, but there are many of them. Load your wallet with a few sats, leave a comment, make sure to include your lightning address or your Twitter handle or some way for me to reach out to you because I can't currently pay directly within Fountain. Um, and in next episode, so episode 18, I will announce who won the 1700 sats. Can't wait to see all your questions and comments and uh, yeah, see you next week.